the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you before, in addition to my JD, I'm also the Master of the Laws of Taxation Law and a Master of the Laws of Intellectual Property Law. Now, both of these great master's degrees in law were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in one of the most beautiful cities in the world, San Francisco. And because of my training, my experiences, and my lifelong interest in the world of business and economics, and how the worlds of business and economics play a role in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trust, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And as I've also shared with you before, uh, as part of my overall practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to at least seek out and attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of the pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that's running rampant in our country today as more and more of us reach retirement and more and more charlatans think that's a big fat invitation to invade our finances. So I'm coming to you again today, continuing on my voluntary lockdown via and as a result of COVID-19, and I hope you all are wearing masks when you go out and keeping your social distance, but I'm here again in my lockdown, in my makeshift studios, in my home, in one of the other great cities of the world, that is to say the always beautiful Oakland, California. And I come to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. But as always, I must once again preface my remarks by asking you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully 
to provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. And I do this once again, as I'm known for saying, it's because I think if you represent yourself, it's like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. Again, if you take a butter knife to a gunfight, everybody else is going to be armed to their teeth. And if you get lucky with your little butter knife, you might be able to sneak up on your adversary and scratch her on the arm or even poke her in the eye. But more than likely, you're going to be dead on arrival. That is to say, your valid claims and your righteous defenses will likely see the promised land way before you do. So, again, in case you haven't guessed it, the purpose of Selwyn's Law is to discuss the law related to your money and finances, or more prominently in today's environment, the lack thereof and what you need to consider to protect yourself and or your families and or your small businesses and or your employees' health, wealth, and money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening form. So first off, I have heard from so many of you in the last few weeks. And so I want to thank you for reaching out to me and, you know, asking me questions about, you know, my practice and, um, you know, interesting issues that you'd like for us to discuss here on this show. And I am just so grateful that you're listening to me because sometimes, you know, it's like I'm talking to myself. I do that anyway, so it's no big deal. <laughs> so I also wanted to share with you that the folks here at KFAX have asked me to extend Ellen's Law to an hour, and I'm trying to figure out just how I can make that happen without cloning myself, because you know, I also practice law, and that takes a lot of the time and the energy, and this show, believe it or not, takes time and energy, you know, looking for good subjects, li- listening, and reading your comments, and so I have to figure out how to make that happen. But you know what? I think I I probably will. So you just uh, stay tuned and stay posted and I'll keep you up to date on uh, what I finally decide to do. But getting back to today's show, because inquiring minds want to know, not only need to know, we're going to focus on uh, a, a question that has come up in the last few weeks. And that is, why is the stock market going up when the economy is so bad. Now, I'm recording this show after the close of the stock market on Thursday, September 3rd. And, you know, as of the close of the stock market, the stock market wasn't, you know, so bad. It had lost about 5%. But some instances, in some instances, some stocks since the end of the beginning of the COVID-19 virus have shot up 75 or 80 percent. So while 5 percent in a day is a lot, comparing to the uh, growth in the stock market, maybe not so much, but we'll have to see if it continues, if this is a retrenchment or just a correction as people uh, take uh, some of their gains off the table. But, But at any rate, there is a big disconnect between what's going on in the stock market and what has been going on in our overall economy. And the quick answer 
is because our economy and the stock market are bifurcated, divergent, with the stock market looking forward to the projected future financial results of the various listed companies based on their fundamentals, that is to say their balance sheet, such as you know their sales and their net earnings, et cetera, as reported by the companies to the Securities and Exchange Commission, news reports that you know go on every day in the media about the ups and downs and other actions taken by or against these listed companies in the general marketplace. And also uh, that what needs to be taken in consideration is the technical analysis of the functions and functionings of the listed companies that are conducted by the various analysts that work in these Wall Street brokerage firms. And their goal is to look at trends and make trajectories about the balance sheet, future balance sheet of these listed companies. Now, on the other hand, the health and well-being of our overall economy is backwards looking, and it is focused on the overall employment, or said another way, the unemployment figures and the gross domestic product of our overall economy. On a, and then they look at those on a monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Now, the gross domestic product is the total combination of all the goods and services that are produced by businesses and individuals in our economy. Again, the, our overall economy looks at those two major things, the unemployment figures and the gross domestic product on a monthly, quarterly, and annual basis, but it's always backwards looking. Wall Street forward looking. Now, what propels Wall Street? It's the free money, that is to say, the savings and the net worth that is available to and not needed by uh, the well-to-do moneyed class in our society. They underwrite the cash flows into and out of the stock market each day. Now, these investors, because they have this extra money that they don't need to support themselves with, It's available to them, and these investors decide how much and when to invest in the stock market based on the anticipated future results of the mostly very large companies that are listed on the various stock exchanges, such as the New York Stock Exchange, uh, Standard & Poor's 500, and the NASDAQ. Now, those large companies and their growth are supported by the liquidity Said another way, the financial juice that's produced by the monetary policy of the Federal Reserve Bank, our our nation's central bank. And that bank's central and most important primary goal is to make things work for very large companies. So in addition to supervising and regulating national banks, Uh, They conduct our national monetary policy by influencing the amount of money and credit 
that's in circulation and available to the largest companies via the banks based on whether they let the interest rate go up or they go down. And that's something called the discount window, where banks go borrow money at 1% and lend it out to big businesses at 6%. And the delta is how the banks make a living. Now, when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion of why there's such a disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street. But first, we're going to take a short break. And I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion as to why there's such a disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street, that is to say, between the stock market and our overall economy. Now, again, as before we we left, I talked about who generates the money that's invested in the stock market. It mostly comes from well-to-do people with net worth. And how do you get net worth? You have savings. You generate income such that after you take out for your living expenses, you have money that accumulates. And because you don't need that money to feed yourselves and keep a roof over you and your children's uh, head, you can invest that money. First, you save it, and then you get enough, and then you invest it in the stock market. So that, and you invest it in companies based on, as I said, Uh, the analysis of the forward-looking trends of the company based on the analysts that work in the brokerage houses on Wall Street. That's the initial grub stake. What intensifies the stock market is the monetary policy of the Federal Reserve Bank, that is to say our central bank, Most countries have central banks. And in fact, in Europe, they might have two, the individual uh, country central bank and the central bank of the European Union. But in America, it's the Federal Reserve Bank. That Federal Reserve has multiple functions. It monitors national banks. It supervises them. It regulates them, makes sure they have capital. But they also have something called the discount window, where they uh, invest money that is to say, they make money available to banks to relend to their best customers. And guess who their best customers are? These big businesses and not you or our mom and pop law firm or mom and pop bicycle shop. So the grub stake is the money from rich investors. The juice comes from the monetary policy. Now, on the other hand, The overall economy, as I said, is based on the gross domestic product that's produced by all of us in this country who either produce goods, widgets, or services, legal services for which we get paid for. That that is to say, all of the goods and services produced by all the businesses of all sizes, including the estimated 30.7 million small businesses in this country, which according to the Small Business Administration, account for, listen, 99.9% of all U.S. businesses. And the SBA 
also says, and which makes this germane to our discussion today, that those small businesses, those 30.7 small businesses that uh, account for 99.9% of all U.S. businesses account for 66% of the net new private sector jobs that have been created in this country over the past 20 or so years. Small business, not businesses in the stock market. Small business, Selwyn's Law Firm, Billy Joe's Bicycle Shop, Mary Jane's Nail Salon. We produce most of the employment in this country. So the juice that propels small business is the fiscal policy of Congress dealing with our nation's taxation and spending priorities and policies. And those priorities and spending and taxing policies determine how much, if any, of our sales, my services to my clients, Billy Joe's bicycles sold to his or her clients, Mary Jane's nail salon services, how much of that we get to put in our pocket and use to circulate money in the economy or how much we have to give back or turn over to government. So that's the distinction, a major distinction right there. So I, I, I say this to you out of respect because I know there's all kinds of people that listen to this show, Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals, progressives, ultra conservative, and people who don't know what they are. I say, as we all have the ability to observe right before our non-lying eyes that our overall economy is in the tank because small businesses have had to shut down because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I, I have shared with you before, better alive than dead. So I support a, a, a policy that puts human lives before money. So our, we, we had the COVID, businesses had to shut down. Hopefully once we get a, a cure, uh, if we follow masking and social distancing, we can start sticking our heads back up out of our little holes here. But our economy, not the stock market, our economy is in the tank because small businesses have had to shut down because of the COVID-19 pandemic, which has resulted as of the end of July 2020, with more than 16.16 million, 16 million Americans who are unemployed and who have been so for the last several months, as they haven't been getting paid by their former or even current employees. And as such, even if part of their employment package was an IRA or a 401k that was invested in the stock market because they have been unemployed for so many months. If they had an IRA or a 401k, 
I got to tell you, because I'm a bankruptcy lawyer and I see this every day, running up to for the bankruptcy, individuals either borrow from their IRAs or 401ks and, or they deplete them and have to pay a 10% tax penalty because they have to make ends meet. They have children that need to be fed. And as such, like so many other Americans who never had an IRA or 401k, these newly unemployed individuals, because they've been unemployed now, we're into September, they've been unemployed for several months and now they no longer get that that kicker uh, from their unemployment compensation. They have gone to their retirement funds that were funded by their employers and now they don't have that money anymore. So they're totally disconnected from the stock market. And so I'm at a loss for words when I hear some politicians and more importantly, when I hear low to moderate income people who are now no longer low to moderate or they're all low income, they're unemployed. And so I can't understand why they're so enthralled with the stock market. And they say they're going to base their decision on who they vote for in the upcoming elections on the stock market and not the poor state of the overall economy. And as I've shared with you before the break, I don't know what's going to happen uh, tomorrow as this show is being recorded after the close of the stock market on Thursday, September the 3rd. But on that day, the stock market went a little bit haywire. Now, it might just be that folks decided, you know, I'm going to take some of my money off the table because the stock market ramped up so uh, uh, vividly, but it, or it could be something else. And so who knows? The stock market is kind of psycho and the economy is really messed up. So I, 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 I appreciate the individual that um, wrote me and, and wanted me to um, go into this because it's, you know, I do have, you know, uh, an advanced degree in, 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 in money. It's, you know, I guess like my, my dad said, all, all women are interested in money, but I not only want to have money, I want to understand how it works in our economy. So I, I just wanted to point that out to you. It's, um, it's more than a notion to think that even if the stock market uh, remains high or, or recoups its losses that it, uh, uh, it had on September 3rd, and, and it likely will, uh, because, you know, so many people invested. I, I don't wish anybody ill will for being invested in the stock market. You know, I think people who have money should invest in the stock market because it helps uh, grow new businesses uh, for example, um, I got uh, uh, information about a business that's not on the stock market yet, but it hopes to grow into it. It has a product that will reduce the number of employees that a particular business uh, segment of our society uses, and it's going to reduce their employment overhead by six from 16% down to 3%. Now, that's good for that business, but when you think about it, Businesses are using the COVID right now, COVID nineteen, to reduce their overhead. So to me, that means 
that even when we get uh, a cure, and hopefully we will, maybe the job market isn't going to turn around as much as we hope. So I'm going to leave it there for now. But it's always in closing here at Selwyn's Law. We want to stay on the right side of the law. And we want to stay on the right side of the laws of economics, as well as the laws of, of business and, and bankruptcy and our economy. So you take care. And again, please stay safe. Wear your mask and social distance. Till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.